All right, we are going. You ready to go? Yeah, man. Super ready. All right, let me do a quick intro and then we'll just get into it, all right? You got it. Hey guys, welcome back to Otaconia. My name is Connor. This is going to be a confusing episode because I'm also joined by my friend Connor. We just say single N or double N. <laughs> there we go. That's spelled differently. So today is a bonus episode. Hurrah is not here. We got Connor in her place. Uh, this is a bonus episode and I'm really excited. I don't have this album on vinyl, but you know, Connor and I have very different tastes in music and I think it's kind of cool to explore uh, really dive deep into some of these albums. And so I had Connor pick an album, any album he wanted, and this is the one he picked. Do you want to do a quick intro, Connor, what we got going on today? Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think our musical tastes are a little bit different, but uh, I know you like kind of getting introspective and uh, kind of like reviewing the content of stuff. I think you're uh, you're pretty good at that. And so I picked an album that I think carries carries a lot of weight in that in that sort of department. So we're going to be doing Swimming by Mac Miller. Uh, this is the last studio album that was released before Max, Mac Miller's death. So um, there was a lot of stuff kind of going on um, in the background of Mac Miller's life um, as he was recording this album. And I think there's a lot to, to kind of cover. Yeah, and I thought it was cool, man. I was uh, on my commute to work today. I was listening to some Alice in Chains. I don't know if you're familiar, but they're a 90s grunge band. And a lot of their lyrics revolved around addiction, depression. And, you know, I got home, checked out this album, really got into it. And it was really cool to see some of the similarities, even though, you know, the genres are completely different. And, you know, that tells me that this is like a theme that's distinctly human, uh, that transverses all forms of art and media. So I'm very excited to get into this. I'm very happy you picked this album. I actually really dig it, dude. I had a, a couple songs that really was vibing to. So I'm excited. Good, good. Yeah, I know like when we were, like, were living together uh, in college uh, and I used to play some rap songs, uh, like you kind of got into a couple of those and I was like, I think uh, out of all the albums that I definitely could have picked, this is probably the one that we could talk about for like hours on end. So see where Sweet. that goes. Let's get right into it. First, before we start, I'm just doing a quick announcement for the channel. Uh, we have two platforms now because of the YouTube police, the YouTube copyrights. Connor, I can't be not law anymore, man. They got me on the last stream. They blocked it because of music. So what we're going to do is YouTube is just going to have the video and the commentary. If you want the commentary with the music, I'm going to edit this and put it on Spotify later. So pick what you want, people. That's that's the deal. YouTube's keeping us down. So we got to adapt. And then quick gotta resist man quick intro into who connor is i gotta i gotta gas you up before we get into the episode uh oh, hit me. connor great friends a lifelong friends i've known him since college uh, as you said we lived together for a bit i'm very proud of all of connor's achievements everything he's done academically and career-wise uh connor's an inspirational guy super good taste in music so i'm excited that he has allowed us to have some of this time today to talk and really get into this album so thank you connor Thank you, man. That was very sweet. That was really <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked to be here. Um, I think this is like a good format for a subject that I think we're both kind of like equally passionate about. I would say you probably have more uh, background and, and stuff like this, but I'm excited to be kind of on here. I don't, how many episodes have you done so far? So we were supposed to have three done, but the second episode, YouTube dropped the audio. That's the corrupt So that's one. why I have been really particular about making sure we got like a backup recording and everything. Dude, it was like an hour long. It was like 60 minutes. I was like, man, 
that was an episode i had some good jokes in there like you know some good giggles some good sillies and someone was like yo did you listen to this yet and i was like what and i checked the audio and it's just me talking dude the other person wasn't recorded at all so hate to see it happen but i'm happy to be here for like one of the first episodes of this podcast i think it's gonna be good yeah man first bonus episode first zoom episode so first bonus episode all right, man, let's get right to it. So first, uh, I do have some questions for you, but I just want you to give us kind of the overview of this album. You know, any background you want, anything you think the people should know, and then I'll kind of get into my interview questions. Yeah, sure. So for anybody who's listening, who's not like a, a deep fan of uh, Mac Miller, Mac Miller is a, a rapper from our alma mater town of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, so he's, no way. he's from Pittsburgh? Yeah, dude, he's from Pittsburgh. What? Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, you wouldn't know, like, I'm a Pennsylvania kid, so that was always, like, a big deal. Like, oh, yeah. like, Pittsburgh rapper. It was, like, him and Wiz Khalifa when I was growing up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so but cool. he's a Pittsburgh rapper. Um, you can kind of see it in uh, some of his albums. In fact, his, like, first studio album is uh, is uh, Blue Slide Park. Um, well, after he died, um, the actual Blue Slide Park in Pittsburgh was kind of, like, renamed in, in his honor. So I think that's pretty cool. But, that's awesome. um, yeah, so he's got six studio albums one of them released posthumously um his musical style um is one that kind of like changed throughout the course of of his career so um his early songs um were much more like frat rap i think like the critical acclaim for the first couple were were pretty low and then uh you know as he kind of like kind of grew on his feet and gained uh you know more published like experiences um everything seemed to get a lot deeper and more introspective um he was somebody who kind of focused on like the ideas of life and death and uh, you know, what it means to reach Nirvana and also kind of like live at the bottom of society. Um, So those are themes that you kind of see throughout his discography. Um, There are some key things in his personal life that I think set a very good background um, for this album particularly. So um, he was in a relationship with Ariana Grande from I think it was 2016 which is around the time that the Divine Feminine was released um, mm. up until like May of 2018. Um, and then he died in September of 2018. It was the day before my MCAT we're in, we're in Pittsburgh. I will always, yeah, I'll always remember that. So we're already stressed enough about the MCAT. It's not good news, but- <laughs> Taking a bummer um, yes. right before the exam. It, oh, massive bummer before the exam. I mean, I had obviously bigger things to worry about, yeah, but yeah. yeah, dude, it was not, not a good way to get into it. Um, but yeah, um, so he died from an overdose. He had uh, struggled with addiction and depression kind of throughout his uh, his career and life. Um, and you see those themes kind of reflected in in a lot of his music. So um, it's definitely not specific to this album, but it, it um, I feel like it's highlighted a lot differently um, in this one specifically. Um, this was released after his breakup, and I think it was like well published that he was kind of in a low place when he wrote and released most of the songs on this album. Um, there's the other thing that I want to mention um, is that there will be a lot of references to kind of events that took place, I guess, like kind of in the Perry period of his breakup. So um, he was arrested for DUI in May of 2018. I was trying to like retrace the steps on this. I couldn't tell if this occurred before or after the breakup, but you'll definitely see themes of uh, of uh, that sort of struggle, um, kind of what led to that point and, and where he tries to go from there. So I think it sets the stage very appropriately for kind of like where these songs will, will take us. That's awesome, man. You did your research, dude. I love, I love this album. Like I'm not, I'm not like a super introspective guy when it kind of yeah. comes to music. I do like 
kind of like analyzing things. But I think this one in particular tells a story unlike any album I've, I've listened to. Sweet. All right. I have some research of my own just to add on, but I think you nailed it on the head. Uh, fifth studio album in the last in his lifetime came out in 2018, as you said. Um, this was recorded in Hollywood, so in, in LA. So I was like, it's interesting that he's from Pittsburgh because there was a question I wanted to ask you about East Coast versus West Coast, but we'll, we'll save that for a second. Uh, there's some really cool people on this album. J. Cole, who you also introduced me to, Snoop Dogg uh, is in the credits, and Thundercat. So some cool people involved. Uh, it debuted number three on the U.S. Billboard's uh, 200, and it was nominated for Best Rap Album at the 2019 Grammy Awards. So pretty cool. Very cool. All right. Great I got some album. interview Great questions. <laughs> right. You ready? Yeah. When did you first hear this album? I first heard this album when it debuted in 2018, August. Okay. What were you doing when you first heard it? I was just studying for the MCAT. So I was uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, it was in like a month where my summer research had kind of like ended. Um, and I was just kind of like buckling down, getting ready to go. Um, like obviously he had released like a couple of singles that hadn't made the, the album in like June and July. And they were awesome. So I was like super stoked. And uh, yeah, when it dropped, I like listened to it through the first time. I was like, oh, like this is a really good album. Obviously a lot of themes with like heartbreak um, and depression. Um, but honestly, it wasn't until like he died and really, really had the chance to like kind of deep dive into it where I kind of like understood the meaning around a lot of the songs. And so um, it was an album for me that like posthumously for him, uh, you know, kind of like carried a lot more meaning. Yeah, I was reading a lot of comments online and people were saying that, you know, they kind of listened to it once, really enjoyed it. And then when he passed away, they kind of looked into the lyrics and saw, you know, a lot of the foreshadowing and some of the hints. So it's kind of interesting that a lot of people have that same experience with this album. It is, I think, something very, all of my friends are Mac Miller fans. And it's something that we like kind of share with this album is uh, we kind of like missed the signs of like of what was going to happen. I mean, he was always somebody that reference like the thin line between life and death and, and kind of what happens after and what everything is uh is meant for but um yeah for sure i listened to it the first time i was like oh this is like funky you know good mix like i was like oh solid album you know like nine out of ten and then you know the more i've listened to it um and it's an album that i still play you know pretty consistently in my life um i think the more meaning i've, I've kind of taken from it that's awesome it's it's fun that you uh said that you know you remember it studying for your MCAT you know there's a lot of albums for me that kind of just set like a, a a time in my life you know what I mean like the summer in between uh semesters of college or I mean, new tool album came out right before I started med school so it's kind of fun when an album has that little temporal relationship in your life because when you listen to it you think back to that time which I find is always kind of fun and interesting it's super interesting I mean yeah it definitely brings me back to uh I was in 327 at that time so it definitely brings me back to like my college apartment, like my last, like yeah. getting ready for my last year of college, like kind of like life kind of setting up and, and this album kind of dropped. So yeah, I definitely remember that. You're right. Nice. What's your favorite song off the album, man? And I was kind of like afraid that you were going to ask that question. <laughs> All right. I just um, sprung it on you. The trap. Yeah. I think, I think in the beginning or like in the early stages, my favorite song would probably have to be small worlds. Um, okay. I think like it was just like my style of, of rap at the time. Um, I think as a, like as time has gone on, it has some Sokos, but I mean, there's not like a song on album in particular that I would say like it's not like an absolute, absolute yeah. smash. So, 
So Small Worlds was in the competition for my first favorite song, but can you guess what I think my favorite song is on the album? And I think you have a big yeah, influence yeah. on this. All right, so can I get a hint? Like, is it uh, more like rock-based in terms of... Uh... No, it's more of like maybe a slower song. Maybe that might give it away, but... Is it also So It Goes? Which one? So It Goes. I guess it's not it. No, I, I really like the first song, Come Back to Earth. For some reason, it kind of had like I a really... R oh, yeah. It had a real like R&B kind of sound uh, to it. And you played a lot of R&B when we were in college. And I actually like really kind of gravitated, gravitated towards that uh, genre. And the first song, I just think, I don't know, it just hit me. And I, we'll talk about it more when we break down the individual songs. But uh, that was my favorite. It's a good one. All right, let's see a couple more questions. When did you first discover this genre of like hip hop slash rap? And what, you know, made you gravitate towards it? You know, when you first heard it, what was like the ah moment, you know? So I kind of grew up listening to like rap and hip hop, but I always had like a kind of broad sort of like taste in music. Like I always say like the only things I really don't listen to are uh, our country and oldies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so hip hop was always like kind of something that I was interested in when I was, uh, when I was growing up. Um, I kind of liked the fact that it was a little bit different than like the culture I was accustomed to. So it kind of like gave me a different like glance into, into other things, like things that I was not exposed to. Um, I liked how versatile it was, um, you know, generally in like pop music, everything kind of sounds the same to me after a little while, but with hip hop, I feel like artists were a lot more flexible to kind of do what they want with their musical style. Um, and because of that, every song kind of has like a different, different kind of touch to it. Um, especially like, um, you know, things that aren't mainstream necessarily. I think like anti-pop rap and, uh, mm. and underground are, are very cool genres because I think they just like kind of have their own unique feel to it. And a lot of it is uh, it's kind of rappers trying to make a name for themselves. And so I think they're not afraid to be super creative, which I've always found to be pretty cool. Nice, man. And then uh, last question before we kind of get into some of the analysis of maybe the album artwork. How, do, how does Mac Miller fit into the history of hip hop rap you know, give me some context on, you know, what's, what's, what made him unique? What made him kind of pop and what made him stand out? And, you know, does he fit into the, the history? You know, that's kind of my general question. I mean, as far as like recent history, I would say he absolutely kind of like fits into like sort of like the, I would say top tier. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think he had a lot of, um, a lot of draw for things about him that were kind of like automatically unique. So he's from Pittsburgh. Um, you know, aside from like Wiz and our generation, I really can't think of any like mainstream rappers that came out of out of Pittsburgh. And he wasn't af afraid to kind of like flaunt that um, in his music and his personality. So I think that kind of drew a lot of people to him kind of like right off the bat. Um, you know, he's white and, you know, in rap, you don't really get a lot of like top tier white rappers. Um, so I think he brought elements um, kind of like to the rap game. Um, that really kind of like set him apart from from the pack and he wasn't afraid to kind of like you know get creative with you know who he worked with and kind of like the styles of music that that he produced um i think mac miller specifically is really great at telling stories especially in like the later part of his career and like really kind of like delving deep into into like uncomfortable topics i think that's something that really you know kind of set him apart he was um very introspective in in his work and uh i think probably one of the harder thinking thinking rappers that there that there is 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, to me, it's kind of the mastery of your art form when you can make the music, but also it has some form of meaning behind it because then you're taking it to a whole new level of storytelling, meaning, analysis, and it basically makes the show possible. So I definitely agree with you. I think for me, this was a really cool album to explore. And right before I got on the air with you, I listened to the Tiny Desk concert and it's just, uh, it kind of strikes you, you know, I was going to ask you about your interpretation of the album artwork. And after watching that Tiny Desk concert and, you know, he's laughing, he's joking around, he's having a good time. And then you look at the album artwork and you think about the themes of the album and it's just kind of, I don't know, man, to me, kind of makes you think about depression in general and, you know, the signs and the symptoms and, you know, it's not always visible. And it's, it really is a striking juxtaposition, just watching that and then looking at the album artwork, you know. You make an excellent point because he does touch on a lot of those themes as far as like, you know, the outward looking inward sort of thing. So I think like, you know, those feelings kind of like motivate you to like put a face on it. And so I think, you know, tons of people, you know, walk around uh, not really expressing their their emotions or their heart on their sleeve, whereas deep down, you know, there's a lot more kind of turning over and, and going on. And so. Um, that's definitely a theme that comes up pretty consistently in this album. So we'll definitely get to talking about that. Yeah, and let me know if I'm on the right track. So when I'm looking at the album artwork, he's sitting in this box. And to me, it kind of looks like a coffin almost. And you kind of have some interesting symbolism. He's laying there with his eyes closed. Um, his feet are bare, which is kind of a symbolism for death. His feet are dirty, maybe, you know, indicating that he walked a hard life or went through some difficulties. But then you also have the pink suit in the window, which is almost kind of, to me, some signs of optimism, you know? It's not just a box that he's trapped in. There's, there is a, a window to the outside world. And I thought maybe that also kind of alluded to the isolation of depression. And so I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure if that's what you picked up on the album cover. I'm interested to hear what you were thinking about it, but. You took away all my notes, dude. That's like, <laughs> so yeah, you did, you did hit like the, the main point. So, um, for a little bit of background, I think it's important. Um, there's a song on the album called Self Care, which I believe that is in the list that we're gonna talk about here. Right. And that is actually like, he's actually, that's shot in a coffin. So it's actually like him in a coffin kind of waking up and then um, kind of trying to get out. Um, we'll talk about specifics in, in the artwork once we get to the that song. But um, if you notice in the window, I think it's looking out onto a blue sky with the horizon, like above mm -hmm. the clouds. So it's kind of, for me, kind of represents the juxtaposition between like kind of flying high and, uh, and looking lifestyle, kind of like bouncing around places, always being on a jet um, and how that like might really feel, which is like the feeling of being weighed down or like dead inside. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of juxtaposition that goes on in the album. And I think it starts with the with the album cover. I think it's I think it's pretty deliberate. Yeah, that's a sweet point that I kind of overlooked. I didn't think of him flying high because, you know, a coffin's under the ground, airplanes in the air, you know? So yeah, yeah it's really cool. It's it, it, because a lot of these songs and we'll get into it in a second, talk about, you know, the fame that came with his rap career and how he's got all this money and wealth and fame, but, you know, but he still has this depression or this mental health issue. So, I mean, that's a great point. I, that really kind of made the window clear to me because I was trying to figure that out before, you know, we started, I was like, well, you know, what's up with the window, but yeah, we're going to get around to it. Cause like there are definitely juxtapositions that are like very specific to, uh, to that window, um, and the coffin, but we're going to have something to talk about later. So well, I guess we'll see. Let's do it, man. Let's jump into yeah. the first song, come back to earth. 
Uh, I have the lyrics up, so if we need to reference anything, but why don't you start us off and I'll just jump in. My regrets look just like texts I shouldn't send. And I got neighbors that more like strangers we could be friends. I just need a way out of my head. I'll do anything for a way out of my head. Just feel like living Some alternate reality And I was drowning But now I'm swimming Through stressful waters To relieve And all the things I do set us up as far as uh just like describing the song yeah whatever you want to do man yeah so um come back to earth is the first song off of the album swimming um i think to start um this is kind of a different melody than than the beginning of the album um i don't man i feel the need to kind of like set like a main background on the album and like some Mm -hmm. theories that i have behind it before we get going so yeah go for um, it go for it yeah so for me mac is kind of like a a cyclical artist so he'll kind of like begin albums where he left off on the last one mm-hmm. and like return um at the end of the album to to what will be coming um so to start this one um you know it's kind of like lighter melody but it's but it's slower um you no know, he kind of makes reference to um to a need for like more self-awareness um and kind of having uh having more clarity um and he's looking for a way into the world so I think that's probably a good place to start yeah for sure and i think you pick up 
immediately on some of these themes. I mean, the opening lyric is just great. My regrets look like texts I shouldn't send. And that's just such a funny uh, uh, line because it's something that everyone's experienced, I think, at some point in their life with, you know, the advent of cell phones and such. You know, I've got neighbors, they're more like strangers. And immediately you get this weird kind of unsettling feeling, you know, the, the feeling that when you send a text that you regret, it can't be undone, right? And so you do have this kind of weird, um, you know, feeling in your stomach. And then the, the, right away, you got the ideas of isolation right in that first chorus. Yeah. Yeah, I'll save, uh, I'll save some stuff for the, uh, for the post song review. But um, yeah, I think we'll definitely be talking about that after. Nice. Also, fun fact, this was the first song he wrote uh, after getting back from tour from the Divine Feminine album. So pretty interested. And also, uh, he was asked in an interview if the song was about uh, a breakup. And he re replied with frustration because he said you can view this as a breakup album. And I think that definitely plays into the mentality and some of the themes. You know, there's a lot of songs about healing and, like we said, mental health. So he said it definitely fits in, but it's more than that. And to me, I think it's more than that because this album is, like like I said at the beginning, universal and relatable. You know, the themes that we talk about, I think everyone can relate in some way to what he's saying. 100%. Did anything else uh, stand out to you in the lyrics that you, you know, any favorite lyrics or anything that, you know, really spoke to you? Yeah, so I guess we'll just jump into it now, kind of since we're on this topic, and I think it's very interesting. Um, around the time, I guess, like, directly associated with the breakup, um, Ariana Grande had tweeted out that the reason that she couldn't, I forget, like, the actual quote, but the reason that she couldn't be with Mac is um, his inability to kind of, like, get his life together, mm. kind of, like, move on and, and kind of be, you know, a man about, about things. Um, and so I think one of the first lyrics that kind of stuck out to me um, is uh, in my own way, this feels like living. So, you know, Mac always kind of juxtaposed death with with life and what it means to like find Nirvana or, or not do it. Um, and so Mac kind of like makes this reference to his dependence on his lifestyle, whatever it might be, you know, drugs, fame, otherwise. Um, and then, you know, he kind of like tries to rationalize it to him, what he's doing um, makes him feel alive. And obviously if you're depressed, or you're dependent on something, it's kind of like that vice is, is kind of what makes you feel like you are you. Um, and so as far as self-awareness goes, um, it kind of like shows that he is aware of what he's doing, but it is just part of him and it's part of his persona and music now. Um, but he does repeat several times that he just needs a way out of his own head. So to right. me, that always kind of symbolized that he's, he's kind of like searching for his out. You know, he's trying to figure himself out, trying to, he's actively working to get things together, but he just can't seem to find a way around who he is. And if who he is, is, is destructive, he kind of like rationalizes what that means in, in the greater context. And it kind of reminds me of the front cover too. You know, he's got, he's got a window in the coffin, you know, he's trying to look out, trying to, you know, get out of his own head. And uh, some of the symbolism too, in the bridge of the song, you know, the, it says, you don't know uh, that sunshine don't feel right when you're inside all day. Uh, they told me it only gets better. Gray skies are drifting, not living forever. It really is really cool symbolism for how he feels. Um, you know, it kind of shows what you were saying about, you know, whether it be drugs or rock and roll or, you know, the lifestyle. He's, yeah. you know, spending too much time inside and, you know, he's, 
he's looking at gray skies and but and it's so interesting because he's aware of what's going wrong you know there is a uncanny awareness of his mental status yet seem things seem to progress like you know on a trains on a track it just seems inevitable in some sense so I thought that was also kind of interesting grappling with being aware but also in some way not being able to control what's happening yeah so it does bring up a lot of like kind of interesting feelings um one thing I thought was interesting with this song um is the kind of like upbeat light and slow melody compared to the lyrics it seems to be like kind of very dark um towards the end of the song it kind of seems like with the violins kind of like going you know I'm not a music guy so I don't really know how to read it but it sounds like I just measured a major minor like kind of like more more into the bass he's like kind of becoming more aware of himself and as he kind of repeats he needs a way out um you know it seems to highlight that what he has become is what seems to be causing his isolation so he recognizes um he has regrets and things that he can't take back um and that his isolation um, seems to be affecting his ability to like form loving relationships, meet his neighbors, um, you know, be a functioning person. Um, and so, you know, he might be light on the outside. He might be living in a cloud under whatever influence it might be fame or, or drugs, but at the same time, he's looking for his out. For sure. Yeah. I think you hit it perfectly on the head, man. Yeah, and I also really dig this song because it kind of has, I'm not sure if you could call it an R&B song, but, you know, it has that muted guitar, it has the piano, it has the strings that come in at the end, and the way he sings it, you know, it's just, to me, it, you can feel the weight of the song, and to me, that's like the best part of R&B is there's, you know, that blues component, so and I think that's powerful, and when it's sung, I think it's even more powerful, so. Oh, 100%. Awesome, man. Any last remarks on the first song, Come Back to Earth? Oh man, that was it. That was pretty much all I wanted to cover. Sweet. Nice. You want to get into the next one? Yeah, let's go. I think we have Hurt Feelings next. Is that correct? That is correct. Nice. Okay. Let me pull up the lyrics. Alrighty, let's see. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. Said 
I want it all, but it's not enough Yeah, I'm always saying I won't change, but I ain't the same Everything's different, I can't complain Don't know what you missing, shame on you Shame on you, everything's strange That's just a game, everybody Slide. Yep. I'm too grounded. Push whips that move mountains. New cribs, blue fountains. These are my surroundings. I be going through it. You just go around it. But it's really not that different. I'm always saying think about I it. Change, but I ain't the same. Everything's different. I can't complain. You don't know what you miss. Shame on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. Everything's strange. That's just a game. Everybody. So, you know, hurt feelings kind of to me is uh, Matt coming like out of his own head um, and kind of like into the, the trauma that he's created. Um, it's the first kind of moment of struggle that I think we see overtly um, in the album. Um, so we kind of mentioned the tweet that, uh, you know, Ariana Grande kind of left him for, um, you know, something better because he couldn't kind of get his, uh, get his life together. Um, I mean, I really kind of wish I put the timeline together before I got on here as to whether or not the DUI crash happened before or after, but it was definitely around like the, the same time. Um, right. It was all kind of a blur. Sort of, yeah. It was all kind of a blur around that time. And uh, he seems to make reference um, to that particular mistake um, a lot in this song. Um, you know, he kind of points the finger to, to that and uh, in a way he kind of like justifies it, but he kind of like recognizes that, you know, it's kind of like alienate him. So he has a line in there um, that says, he's, I'm always saying I won't change, but I ain't the same. So um, I think for me, that kind of shows how, you know, in a lot of ways, things are things are different as he's kind of like grown up, um, as he's become more famous and, and rich um, and kind of like reflects how, you know, everything might be different now. Um, but uh, 
no, at the same time, like he uh, kind of is who he is. Yeah. And I think that line is really important too, because to circle back on kind of a different theme, you were talking about how his musical, uh, you know, sound and talent has changed over the albums. And that, that line is almost like a direct reference to that, you know, he's saying, I won't change, but, and I think that's a powerful kind of lesson, you know, even if you want to be stubborn in the face of life, like life's going to change you uh, for better or for worse. And I think it's interesting that he follows that up with talking about fame and fortune because, you know, he has this uh, cognitive dissonance of I'm famous, I have fortune, people love my music, but I just still don't feel happy. And you can kind of see that um, in the lyrics, you know, he's talking about how strange this game really is. And I think that's a really, you know, kind of powerful point. Yeah. So some specific lines uh, that kind of like branch off of that are, uh, he paid the cost to see the apostrophes. So I think there's always like um, this idea, like when you start something, um, you know, as risky as rap, like what you're going for is like the ultimate success, um, which he has absolutely achieved, right? I don't think anybody can say that Mac Miller was not a successful rapper in his lifetime, but he certainly paid the price in his relationships, um, his physical um, and his mental health. Um, I think he starts to acknowledge the fact that all those things kind of like took a backseat to, you know, becoming a successful artist. Um, he, he goes on to say that um, he was always into some bullshit and not aligned. He was driving with his eyes closed, missing all the signs. So to me, this kind of has like two meanings, right? So yeah. he literally was driving with his eyes closed and ended up, you know, wrapping his, his Mercedes around a, a telephone pole. Um, so I think he was like literally missing the signs as to like what might be causing his downfall. Um, and he had to hang a physical physical price for it. Uh, but it also gets back into the sort of the mental health. Like, you know, did he kind of ignore the problems in his life and did it kind of degrade him as a person? Um, and, you know, what did that cost him? Yeah, and I think there's also a really weird part in this song. It, it starts with the verse, uh, down go the system, long live the king. Uh, mm -hmm. That entire verse is almost like a distinct different song and the lyrical content he's almost kind of taking some of the wisdom that he missed you know whether it be you know from fortune from depression from living life and he puts it like some of that back into the uh lyrics which i think are, it's kind of interesting you know he's talking about turn the power off get your water from the spring kind of unplugging in a sense because you know we live fast lives uh you, you respect the uh, adone i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but it's kind of a reference to his uh, mother who is jewish uh, he's talking about don't mess with your pride, which is like one of the deadly sins in Christianity. So I don't know, kind of interesting, man. He's almost taking his pain and his life experience and putting in some lessons for people to kind of you know read between the lines. And this song, too, when you just listen to it, it's a pretty cool party song. You know, it really has a good beat. It's really driving and it's just kind of, you know, fun. I'd imagine it's fun to listen to you driving around, too, you know? Oh, dude, like I always think about like whipping this to Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a good drive around song, but you definitely brought the religious context into it. I hadn't even thought about yeah. that. Um, so basically like when I hear the second verse, you're, you're right. It is kind of like a different song. The first one is a, is a realization of kind of like what has become of him. Um, and then when I see, you know, respect the outline um, and don't be a victim of your pride. Um, you know, to me, that's kind of like a commitment, right? So he's kind of like tried to learn his lesson. Um, and so now you're going to try to like stay in the bounds of society, I guess, and try to, you know, make something or change what is. Um, so 
while the first verse might be sort of a realization, the second one's definitely a commitment to something, something greater. Mm. And it's cool that you see this progression along the album. You know, the songs that you picked in particular, I think you nailed it right on the head of, you know, telling that progression. We almost kind of see his thought pattern going on through these songs, which is, I think, a really cool effect. Mm -hmm. One thing I did want to kind of bring up, um, so the album is obviously called Swimming, right? Right. Um, for me, it's kind of a progression from, from top to bottom, but um, in the first verse, especially, I, I haven't like, you know, listened to the song specifically in a little while. Um, it kind of sounds like bubbles mm. within the melody. Um, so it's like, could you be drowning possibly? Could he be kind of drowning under the weight of his own realizations? And could he be trying to come to the surface and, and kind of see and commit to, to actually swimming? So just, just an idea, just thought. Man, dude, that's deep, dude. Did you get your like a philosophy minor or something when I wasn't looking? Yeah, something like that. It's just in rap, <laughs> Nice, man. Yeah, and I think that's cool because the next song, you see the first, uh, I guess, reference to swimming in the lyrics, which, you know, we can, we'll see in a second. Any last comments on uh, Hurt Feelings? No, great song. That's all. Yeah, Jay Cole's in it too, right? On that song, he's highlighted on it. I think he might have produced it. I don't think he's, I don't think he's in this one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Maybe I read that wrong, but yeah, pretty cool. All righty. Perfecto is the next one, correct? Mm -hmm. All righty. Let's see. Start us off, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it ain't perfect, but I don't mind because it's worth it. Off a borrowed time, often I'm on the fence, on the line, adding up what's on my mind. My feet on the clouds, head on the ground. Yeah, we going down, bet you know me now. I'm treading water, I swear that if I drown, I don't care. They calling for me from the shore, I need more. Well, it ain't perfect, but I don't mind. Say, the do say with the homies like it's cool, aid Me, I'm just trying to play it cool, Jenny Wise. Yeah, mind over matter, I'm purer than alkaline. Been stuck on album time, I gotta get out to shine. Fly on the wall, shit, I was bugging. Miss me like you getting withdrawal, I keep that coming. Yeah, I'm treading water, I know. If I stop moving, I flow. Ain't nothing new. Just play it cool, baby. 
play it cool, you know? Cool. Well, it ain't perfect, but I don't mind Because it's worth it Who really has the time at all? It ain't perfect, but I don't mind Cause on the surface, I look so fine But really, I'm bugging, bugging, making something out of nothing Tell me you love me, spin me around Pretty please pick me up in the air and don't put me down Seen it all unfold, sat back and watched Knowing time don't give a fuck about clocks until they stop Bare feet, running late, her car started Even though the only thing that she driving a hard bargain More important is I'm kinda sorta out the door But she put me back together when I'm out of order Perfect So we've already kind of talked about the idea of uh, not trying to like portray or at least um, kind of contextualize the idea of being fine on the outside, but on the inside kind of, kind of waiting. Um, I feel like with Perfecto, this kind of like puts all of that um, forward, especially. So um, on the outside, he appears to be fine, but within himself, he's, he's actually drowning. Um, specifically with the lyrics, holding my breath, this ain't what I expected. Um, you know, he kind of comes forward to say that everything around him is, is much greater than, than what he could have anticipated. Um, and despite kind of like being weighted down, he feels the need to kind of hold his breath and kind of buy his own time, um, specifically. So he says living off our time, uh, often on the fence on the line. Um, you know, I think, it's his realization that what he's doing could actually be the death of him, could actually drown him. Um, and so he's kind of, he's always like respected time specifically in a lot of his, uh, his music, but um, the feel of this song is that time is now beginning to wane from him um, as he goes down personally. Um, he makes reference to people calling him from the shore. So, you know, there are people that are, are kind of trying to help him, but um, you know, he can't seem to get out of the weight of, of who he is, regardless of what might be causing that. Um, then towards like, I think it's the end of the first verse, um, you know, he kind of like just acknowledges that he might be going down. Um, to me, it always kind of like felt like he might be trying to like ask, you know, what should he come and swim to the surface for? Like, is there a point in actually trying to get out of, out of this rut um, or should he continue down the path he's on and remain I don't want to say comfortable, but I don't, it begs the question of how hard change could could really be. Um, and if you are content in where you are, if you can find peace in whatever vice might might serve you, at what point is there to like kind of come out of it? Yeah, man, I think you really summed up this song great, man. There is kind of this sad and paradoxical duality between uh, one's appearance and how one feels inside and you know, this is kind of always the case with depression, you know, there's this outward feeling, uh, this need to portray oneself as fine. And I'm sure that also goes into the fame and fortune aspect of his life, you know, his image, uh, you know, trying to act like, you know, he's having fun and 
he's a rapper you know he's famous living that lavish lifestyle and there's so many references to water which you you know nailed uh you know he's talking about on the surface you know he's talking about is a surface and you know surface of water cool calm collected uh you swallow it uh drown i mean you know really kind of fits into this swimming theme and the last outro is kind of interesting because it's very vague he's talking about you know uh, a she pick me up spin me around and i think you can interpret it in a lot of different ways you can interpret it as oh, yeah. like you said a substance that helps them get through uh, a phys- like a physical person like uh you know a relationship or i also kind of just thought of it as like you know the the water you know the water is kind of picking him up spinning him around like almost like an undertow uh so I, I thought that was interesting i thought that's really cool that outro kind of portion which really kind of leaves it up in the air you know is it an optimistic outro or is it kind of pessimistic it's it's hard to tell because the words are so optimistic you know he's talking about you know love me spin me around perfect but then when you read into it it's kind of a insidious you know sinister uh so i'm not sure I got some stuff to say on that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you sipped the, I mean, uh, the Guinness mug, man. You were ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, you, you made a very interesting point on, on the outro, especially. Uh, just one more point I have written down. So um, he makes a reference, or he has a line in, in the song that says, like, if I start moving, I'll float. Um, as far as, like, what the outside of somebody will actually tell you, um, it basically kind of calls into question whether or not if you just like kind of continue on will you actually like just survive and and be fine and will everything Mm -hmm. just like appear as perfect as as it can be so it's like if he just continues on with his ways um will he just kind of like get through life or is or is there something more to it and no in this song specifically i feel like he kind of like he's reluctant to kind of like change his ways because he understands that he's now drowning but in the same way he's like if i just like kind of continue with you know what has become comfortable can I just manage it? But it's, it's asked in like a very questionable way, or it's spoken in like a very questionable way where, you know, he does understand that what he's doing might actually drown him, but, um, you know, is that just all it's worth? Now the outro specifically, um, have you listened to the divine feminine? I have not, no, but I will definitely investigate that after this album because I really did dig this album. Yeah. So I think I have a little bit more, um, perspective because obviously like I've listened to the Divine Feminine right, uh, right. You know, a number of times but um, the Divine Feminine was very different from other works that Mac has had produced prior to it um, this was like shortly after he um, officially began his relationship with uh, with Ariana Grande he released this um, it was much more deeper and introspective um, and in a way I feel like a lot of the songs on that album were like really him kind of like finding center and balance and really kind of like creating his life. And when you think about it, like, what does the divine do, right? It's supposed to, you know, kind of create and, and judge life. And um, throughout that album specifically, um, you know, he had um, kind of referenced that in this new comfortable place, you know, theoretically, you know, no proof, but with Ariana, um, you know, it kind of made sense to him. And, you know, he had a life that was better than, than what he had had. Um, and then when that, kind of left him, um, you know, he began to drown. So we can just assume that like, that's the, the first point of his, his newfound drowning. Um, so with the outro, I kind of read it as, um, you know, she w- was the creator of life for Mac, right? But Mac seems to think that she did not understand that power because whatever is divine can both create and destroy life. Um, 
he references how she can, you know, take them apart and put them back together, specifically in those lyrics. Um, it calls back a lot to the idea of, of what is divine and, you know, what um, kind of power, like, something like that can hold over a person. Dude, that was spicy, man. I really like that. As soon as you part. started talking about the outro, I was like, I gotta, oh. I gotta say something. I gotta say it. So yeah, yeah I, was... I think in a lot of ways, this is not as clear cut. Um, depending on like how much you understand about you know the cyclical nature of Max music, but um, yeah. with the divine feminine mind, I think the outro in me reads a little differently. I was gonna like look up the meaning of that item or the album title because i thought that was kind of an interesting title the divine feminine and that is such yeah. a cool point with the divine can create or destroy so oh man that was sweet yeah that was good right i thought so too <laughs> yeah, Damn, there were a lot of like very interesting i have to say like there are a lot of like very interesting kind of like dichotomies about this album like i used to read about it um a lot more when i was like kind of interested in it um not that i'm not now but obviously I've, I've listened to it so many times i feel like yeah there's a yeah. solidified meaning but um yeah there are like those little things in there that uh that'll definitely get you and it's so rewarding as a fan too because you know obviously that flew right over my head because i haven't you know dived into all the albums so it must be cool to kind of see those nods to the fans which is yeah dude and it's like it's always something new like when you listen to it or you like pick up on something different or like a new theory like kind of pops up in your head um it's a cool thing about rap dude it's like it is kind of a story and uh Specifically with Mac, he's a good storyteller, so. Awesome, man. Should we dive into the next one? Let's do it. All right, let's see. We got self-care, right? This is self-care, yeah. Like September, I fall down, down below. Now I know that the medicine be on call. Yeah, just feeling like you hot enough to melt. Yeah, can't trust no one, can't even trust yourself. Yeah, and I love you, I don't love nobody else. Yeah, tell them they can take that bullshit elsewhere. Self care, I'm treating me right. Yeah, hell yeah, we're gonna be.
yeah, I be reading them signs. I be losing my, I be losing my, I be losing my mind. Yeah, get the fuck out the way. Must be this how to play. It must be nice up above the lights and what a lovely life that I made. Yeah, I know that feeling like it's in my family tree. Yeah, that Mercedes drove me crazy. I was speeding. Somebody save me from myself. Yeah. That bullshit elsewhere Self-care We gonna be good Hell yeah They letting me come I switched to town so What do I know? Spending nights, bitch Hiking, where will I go? Take us away, man. All right. So I would say, and like, I can't confirm this. Um, maybe you can if you have like Spotify open, but um, self-care seemed to have been the most popular song on this album. Um, at least in my circle, I would say it's the one that people kind of like call to. Um, it, when they it was indeed. About, it was uh, triple platinum and it was the highest of his certified songs across all albums. So Yeah. Yeah. So very popular song. Um, I feel like it resonates with a lot of people and that's kind of like 
why it, it kind of took off. Um, as far as the placement of this song in the album, um, this is kind of like the first hint that we have that he's going to take off, right? He's going to try to ascend. Um, but he realizes that he can't do it without kind of addressing the problems that confine him. Speaking of confining him, well, as I mentioned earlier, this is the music video that takes place in the coffin. I was yeah, just so, about to bring that up, man. You got yeah, me. So this, he literally, it literally is him in the coffin, right? Um, he's remaining calm, cool, and collected. So he's either, either drowning or, or being buried. Um, and then so basically the backdrop of this is like him um, lighting up a cigarette and then him trying to like etch his way out. I haven't seen the music video, so I don't remember if like he tried to etch something like specifically in the coffin or what happened. But it's eventually like him trying to like break out of uh, – out of this wall that he uh he kind of built for himself um interesting i got enough, you i got the words i got the words he carves uh memento mori which means remember that you have to die which is that's pretty heavy so that is pretty heavy and when you think about it it makes a lot of sense because mac is always very cyclical in a lot of ways this kind of reflects like a new life but in the face of an impending death so when he carves that it would make a lot of sense that the weight of what he's buried under collapses in on himself and he tries to ascend. Um, but as we'll see, he's still weighted down by a lot of other stuff in this life that he's created. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting point. Um, I can't take credit for this. I did see it somewhere um, a long time ago, but Van Gogh had a painting of a skeleton with a cigarette in its mouth. Mm. I thought it was very interesting that like, if you put the two side by side, there's uh, there's some comparison between the two. Um, just thought. Um, so a couple of lines that I think are, are kind of important um, in connecting like kind of the cyclical nature of this album. Um, he says, I've been reading the signs and I've been losing my mind. So you recall in his, uh, in Hurt Feelings, um, he right. uh, referenced the fact that he was not reading the signs, right? So he's missing the signs, he's driving crazy um, and like ultimately led to, to his demise. And now in self-care, when he's really becoming introspective and kind of seeing who he's become for what he is, um, it starts to drive him crazy. Um, and so he feels like the need to like break free of whatever weight he's put himself under and kind of emerge out of himself. Um, so he also says, it must be nice above the lights and what a lovely life that I've made. A couple things off of this. Um, I don't know if you knew, uh, Mac Miller has a house on Mount Washington. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, so it's um, on the side that overlooks the city. For so, those who don't know, Pittsburgh is in like this giant bowl, essentially. And there's this, I guess, giant hill slash small mountain called Mount Washington. You can take the, uh, the like the trolley up there. It's really cool, uh, the lift. And it, it is a really spectacular view of the city. Like when you're up there, you can just see everything. So it's kind of cool. It's an amazing cool. view. Yeah, so it's an amazing view. Um, and then there are like two sides to like the street. Um, and that difference in house prices is, uh, is pretty crazy, but, um, yeah, so Max house is like a $3 million house. It's right on the top of Mount Washington, which is that, that hill and it overlooks the city. Um, for anybody who hasn't been to Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh at night when it's illuminated, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's yeah. It's an awesome, it's an awesome place. But, um, for me, um, that line kind of represents it. Like he has built this life, right? He's famous. He's rich. He was like everything that it was meant to be when, you know, he kind of started, um, but he hasn't come to like realize like the happiness. So he has like a, like a mansion, like above the, above the lights. Uh, but he hasn't actually been able to enjoy it because of like who he is inside. So he's starting to realize like kind of what he's missing. 
when he's like weighted down. Um, yeah, so I, th I thought that was weird. Um, and then he uh, has a line in there where he's like, the Mercedes drove me crazy. I was speeding. So um, I think the reference to the fact that it's specifically a Mercedes is, is pretty important because, you know, obviously like Mercedes is a luxury car brand. Um, you know, it takes a lot to kind of like achieve a Mercedes, but in achieving what it took to buy a Mercedes, it also like kind of drove him crazy. Right. And so in his like depleted mental state, um, he ended up wrapping the Mercedes around a tree. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that I think he like just comes to like fully realize and continuing from the last song. Um, and now he's like trying to like ascend and come out of, come out of the dirt. For sure. And I think there's a weird kind of placement into the first part of the song and the second part of the song, which is titled Oblivion. And I think oh. there is this interesting, I mean, like you were just saying, the very first part of the song is almost kind of this lavagant lifestyle and you wouldn't expect the second part to follow. And he's talking about oblivion. And I think it's interesting that you were talking about life, death and nirvana, because, you know, how you interpret the second part is so, I think, subjective. To me, I kind of see it as pessimistic, like as the album's progressing, he's drowning. And uh, he's talking about oblivion, you know, he's talking about how uh, beautiful the feeling is of oblivion because it's so calm and he's just chilling. And I think it's like clearly a reference to how his mind is just, you know, almost panicked in this sense of depression, like this panic of drowning. But then he's experiencing this oblivion, uh, you know, that you experience at the you know end of drowning. So I thought it was kind of uh, a really good part of the metaphor of this, the whole swimming, I think, metaphor. And interesting ending for the song in general 100 um yeah so my take on the outro um was more like um you know how he says like i didn't know what i was missing i got stuck in oblivion so you know to him oblivion just um obviously kind of means like scattered pits of life before death obviously um so he got kind of like trapped within the context of like who he was and like in the process of that he didn't realize kind of like all that he had done and what, what his life was actually worth. Um, so when he's actually like riding around his city, that's like his sense that like things now feel good, like whatever life may come, it'll be fine. But he does obviously re-reference um, every life ends in oblivion. So um, right. he understands that, you know, death is impending and, uh, you know, he ultimately, I feel at the end of the song wants to make something of that. Yeah, man, I, I think that's a really good interpretation. And I think, yeah, that I think you nailed it right on the head. Really good song, man. I mean, oh, it's so good. I'm glad you're like as into this album as I didn't. I didn't really know how this would go over. I know it's not like really your genre, but yeah, I'm, you're de you're definitely a good reader. And so, if you like stories, this is definitely an, an album. So this is cool. And I think this is the point of you know Odaconia and the podcast in general. Um, you know, we did one of Haraz picks the first episode, Happier Than Ever. And I like that album too, don't get me wrong. Billie Eilish is cool. But um, I think as we do more episodes, uh, we'll have more bonus episodes, you know, like special guests like yourself. It's cool to kind of just ask people, pick an album and see why they picked it. And uh, it'll be fun because, you know, when I pick albums in the future, it'll be kind of foreign to people. It'll be a lot of like classic rock, progressive rock. So, um, you know, in doing this podcast, I hope people find new genres and new music and kind of think about the meaning behind music and it's also cool for me to you know get to talk to my friends and figure out what their favorite albums are and pick their brains so I mean that's really the whole point of doing this you know yeah 100 that's awesome yeah I like the format of it too I mean just kind of go through and like talk about the meaning of each song it's uh I don't know it's definitely cool but you know when you told me like you wanted me on the show um 
like the first thing that like came to mind was like, oh, we got to do swimming. Like it's yeah. definitely like brings the most out. Um, yeah, and I have to think of like other albums if you want to be back on the show. Oh, I know, man, it'll be fun, dude. My uh, my dream <laughs> for this in the future. I know we're doing this over Zoom because of you know distance wise, and I guess COVID. Oh, I gotta come out to Chicago. I oh, see, I know, I man. But <laughs> I had a studio, man. yeah. But for me, what I envision this podcast as, like, every, all of the friends just go to a place, listen to the album, and then talk about it. Like to me, that would just be like it's the best hang, you know. Like talking about something that someone's really passionate about, you know, having a few drinks and just really kicking back and listening to music. Like to me, that's the dream. So maybe we'll get there one day with an actual studio, not just my living room, but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna set up like the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> yeah man, i gotta get a jamie too i gotta get a little sidekick i thought you had a jamie i thought somebody was helping you i did dude podcast. i did but no, i gotta get one for like every episode <laughs> <laughs> get sarah back here yeah yeah sarah and chase were on the first one and i feel so bad because uh the episode that got deleted the audio was with chase and he was like so excited to be in front of the camera i was excited to like put it out <laughs> there we were doing like glass animals so it was like a pretty deep album and the themes yeah. kind of matched with the first episode and then we finished he's like oh that was great like thanks for having me and then i'm like oh it <laughs> so oh, it just be like that the podcast game anyway all right man we got let's see we got four more songs you got a time or do you want to break it up in a second episode your call no oh, four more songs going. Sorry, not keep going all no, right, I'm gonna keep going it. if you want let's do it man so we got ladders next Now we gotta find a way No matter how many miles it takes I know it feels so good right now But it all come falling down When the night meet the light Turn the day Can't stop, then you won't stop I know just how that feel When you're on top, till the ball drop You never seem to be so real It feels so good right now but it all come falling down When the night Make the light Turn the day Feel it a little, feel it a lot I'm swimming a bit but deeper in thought Keeping my head on top of my shoulders Into some shit I'm out of the box this the level I'm on, mean it all right now and forever is gone Baby, the weather is strong, whether it's hot or cold We're coming knocking on your door Well, I'ma, I'ma maintain how I'm staying so high Put the ladder all the way up till we touching the sky And you know you're dead wrong, you in love with a lie All I, all I, all I wanna do is free your mind We don't see no lines, we don't color inside It's a very small world, we don't fuck with the size Yeah, see the bigger picture when it's beneficial Loving how it fits you, blow the whistle when you run out of time yeah. Waking up, I open up my eyes Do you mind if I blow your mind? A little closer, baby, don't be shy Why you worried that it's gonna be fine? I guess that kind of day Is really all I'm trying to say We don't have a lot of time to waste Somehow we gotta find a way Somehow we gotta find a way No matter how many miles it takes I know it feels so good right now but it all come falling down When the night meet the light Turn the day
Lights flickering, hitting the right switches I'm living this life different and missing the flight Bullshitting, I had a plan to change You can't stand the rain, little delay But I came and you cool with it I don't trip, flip, or lose my grip And I don't know it all, but I do know this Before you know me, better know self I've been in this shit so long that it don't smell I turn a hotel to a castle Living like a king for a grand do nothing that's a hassle Besides even that castle made a sand Just might slip into the seat Fuck it all if it all ain't me Maybe we inside the maze Somehow we gotta find a way Okay Somehow we gotta find a way No matter how many miles it takes I know it feels so good right now But it all come falling down When the night with the light So, um, ladders, uh, well, I guess let's set more context here. There are two songs specifically, like at this point in the album, um, called wings and, and ladders. Right. So, um, I guess the placement of the songs to me kind of like begs the question of, um, how is he going to like ascend out of wherever he's come from? Right. So, um, is it going to be like wings? Is he going to try to like coast and, and kind of find himself and figure it out? Um, I know we didn't review that song because I didn't, I didn't know how much more importance it, it carried. Um, right. And to be honest, like I like ladders better and for telling the story. So um, ultimately I feel like he kind of like chooses ladders. Wings is a much more like solemn song. Um, ladders is very kind of like upbeat um, kind of shows that like, he's kind of like willing to uh, put the work in on a, uh, maintaining self-care kind of kind of coming out of the actually like kind of working to achieve like um sort of his greater purpose right ascending and and reef kind of figuring out like what it means to uh kind of be at the top um wings kind of carries more of an idea um that he's kind of committed to advices so it's like this is how i flew beforehand right i kind of coasted um the use of drugs and self-isolation and stuff like that um but with ladders and symbolizing kind of like the work that it takes to get out of that rut um i think he kind of like finds himself and his spirit um a little bit more obviously it's like upbeat because he kind of understands the uh the work that it kind of takes to ascend out of whatever prison he's kind of trapped himself in um hopefully he'll, he'll find the top but you know some uh lyrics that i took out of the song um 
but we don't have a lot of time to waste, so we have to find a way. Um, I think that's a very deliberate kind of word choice, um, sure. kind of encompassing the fact that he now understands that time is of the essence and oblivion is now impending. So um, he has to find a way. Um, you know, it's not really like an option for him. Um, so he also says that I had a plan to change. Um, you can't stand in the rain, little delay, but I come and you're cool with it. Um, so I think it's kind of like him saying like, okay, I was going to change like all along, whether or not that's true. It's kind of up to interpretation, but, um, when he was trying to change quote, um, Ariana Grande, who we can assume is his support system kind of like left him. Um, and he's like, okay, so with this delay, like I don't have a support system. So now I'm in the rain, but it's, it's fine. So I guess in a way, like he's kind of like still in the water, right. But he doesn't have to try to like swim anymore. He just has to keep like ascending up above the clouds. Um, that's kind of the running theme that I kind of like took with this, uh, this, uh, part of the album. So, um, you know, as far as like where this album kind of goes and what story it tells, um, I feel like this is like the first part where we really see like his ascent, right? So we see like the drowning, the burial, the realization, and now we're on the, the turnaround of the rising action. It's interesting that you use that word ascent because I was actually just thinking about uh, Jacob's Ladder, which is a story from the Old Testament. It's a, a dream of one of the, uh, I forget what figure in the Old Testament had a dream of a ladder that ascended to heaven. And it was mainly a parable for the ascension of the Jewish people out of you know Egypt into the Holy Land. And I find it interesting that the name of this song is Ladders and not just Ladder, because I think he's taking that idea of ascent, which you mentioned, and applying it to everyone. You know, everyone kind of has this battle. Um, and you know, the metaphor, it's a great metaphor. The higher you climb, the more you see, you know, the beautiful view, but also the fall, the the higher you fall, you know, if you do. So I thought it was a really cool kind of play on words. I'm not sure if that was the intention, you know, he does have a, a mother who's Jewish, so I'm not sure if that played into it, but yeah, I think you, you nailed it around the head. It's interesting that you mentioned that so much because like him being a white Jewish rapper was kind of a big part of his persona, at least like when I was growing up, he's, it's obviously super unique. You know, there are not a lot of, um, a lot of rappers kind of with that demographic. So I'm curious, like how much um, about faith did you kind of hear in this album? Well, yeah, like I mentioned before, oh, sorry, did you say fate or faith? Faith. Faith? Yeah, I kind of saw some allusions to fate. You know, we were talking about being aware of his depression, but also feeling kind of like a train on a track. Um, and it, I, I'm not sure, you know, it, I kind of see some aspects of uh, the faith, you know, there is an optimism, excuse me, So some of these songs. And I think maybe that's where, you know, the faith might kind of come in. But yeah, I'm really not sure if, you know, that really was a reference to Jacob's Ladder or not, but it's just something that, you know, I kind of thought about and thought might be kind of an interesting interpretation. Very cool. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to write that down. That's good. <laughs> nice, man. All right. Any last comments on the ladders? No, that's pretty much it. We're on the okay. It's got a cool jazz element to it, too. Some cool instruments. Very jazzy, very upbeat. Yeah. yeah, it's different from the other songs. Which is cool because a lot of these songs are so unique in their themes. You know, we've been discussing a lot of the lyrics, but a lot of the, the tonality of the music really reflects it, too. So it's pretty artistic in that sense to be able to match uh, some of the, I guess, literary concepts we're talking about with the actual sound and sonics of the album. So really masterfully produced, in my opinion. It is, it is very, very well produced. One thing that we didn't talk about, we talk, um, there's a song called What's the Use. 
it's another like sort of like jazzy song on the album that takes place in the beginning in what I would consider like the descent um, where he's kind of like trying to figure out like if, is it even like kind of worth changing or is it better and happier just to be where he is um, so yeah it's like the use of jazz and like how kind of they place the, the jazzy songs in the albums is definitely a uh, Definitely interesting and definitely uh, provokes a lot of questions from the listener. Yeah, and I think the order of the names is interesting too. I mean, he has wings and ladders next to each other. You know, if you have wings, a ladder is useless to you. So I think re, re you know, confirming that the ladder is the journey, like the struggle of the journey. And, you know, mm-hmm. once you have your wings, you've already experienced, you know, the hardship of the journey and you don't need to climb the ladder. So kind exactly. of there. But in, in some cases, like one can assume like the wings might just be the vice. So Mm. though he might have wings he might not be flying right so just because like you have wings doesn't mean like you can necessarily like fly um and so i think the placement of like ladders after wings is kind of important because he kind of understands that like you know what he has now isn't helping him fly right and you can kind of hear that in like the lyrics of that song um and then he has the then he kind of gets the realization that he needs to use the ladder at, at all costs so Dude, that was the most philosophical description of a pangler ostrich I've ever heard. <laughs> I started thinking about an ostrich. It was just like, oh, no. <laughs> hiding your head in the sand, dude. Let's see how far we can keep this <laughs> metaphor going. <laughs> uh, nice. All right, let's hit uh, Smaller Worlds, man. This is a great song. Mm-hmm. I really liked the performance on uh, Tiny Desk Concerts. I think I really do gravitate towards, uh, I guess, the live version of songs or the more intimate version of songs. Uh, to me, and that live version, his vocals really come through. And there's a lot of emotion and like just the tone and the way he's singing it mixed with, you know, the, the powerful bass. So uh, really cool song. Um, and when I, th- when I think of this album, this song kind of stood out to me the most because it's the most unusual in the way he's singing it and rapping it. It really is distinctly different than uh, the other songs. Yeah. Yeah. The world is so small till it ain't. Yeah. I'm building up a wall till it break She hated when I call and it's late I don't wanna keep you waiting I hope I never keep you waiting Yeah I think I know it all but I don't Why you always at the mall when you're broke? I just wanna ball, maybe dunk, but I never been tall. Yeah, I might trip, I never fall. God knows I came close. Don't try this at I know I probably need to do better. Fuck whoever, keep my shit together. You never told me being rich was so lonely. Nobody know me. Oh well, hard to complain from this five-star hotel. I'm always in a rush, I've been thinking too much. But keep it on the hush, no one need to know just us. That's really all it takes. We don't need nothing but today, 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 today. The world is so small till it ain't, till it ain't, till it ain't, till it ain't. I'm building up a wall till it break, till it break, till it break, till it break. She hate it when I call and it's late, and it's late, and it's late. I don't wanna keep you waiting. I don't wanna keep you waiting. I hope I never keep you waiting. I hope I never keep you waiting. Waiting, 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 waiting. 
Playing till I'm out of moves, no need for shame I get more peace at slow speeds, go beat the game Young control freak, it's cold in my veins I'm below freezing, snow season made me They know that I so need my space Don't wanna grow old, so I smoke just in case She say that I glow below the waist And the stroke is just so PGA All I got is Little bit of space and time Drawing shapes and lines of a worldly night Tomorrow may be right around the corner But I swear it's gonna be worth it if I make it right There's somewhere above you keep reaching up That's really all it takes We don't need nothing but today The world is so small Till it ain't, till it ain't, till it ain't I'm building up a wall till it break, till it break, till it break, till it break. She hated when I call, and it's late, and it's late, and it's late. I don't wanna keep you waiting. I don't wanna keep you waiting. I hope I never keep you waiting. Nine times out of ten I get it wrong That's why I wrote this song Tell myself to hold on I can feel my fingers slipping In a motherfucking instant I'll be gone Do you want it all if it's all mediocre? Staring at the wall in the wall full of posters Looking at my dreams Who I wanna be I guess you gotta see it to believe Ooh, I've been a fool, but it's cool That's what human beings do Keep your eyes to the sky Never glued to your shoes Guess there was a time when my mind was consumed But the sun coming out now, clouds start to move Don't tell me nothing but the truth I'm tired, I don't got a spare second When I lose, when I lose I don't keep count, nobody checking I think you raise an interesting point um, you know, first off, Mac Miller's Tiny Desk concert, definitely one of the better Tiny Desk concerts, if not the best. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know it's just like my opinion, but I mean, this soul that like kind of comes out specifically in the song, but like in all of his other ones too, are, uh, it's pretty apparent, like how much emotion like actually like went into the creation of, of this album. Um, and I think he had made Tiny Desk concert like two weeks or something before his death. So in wow. that frame, yeah, in that framing, it's, uh, it's definitely, it has a massive impact and for somebody who's like a fan of him like me. It's uh, definitely very special. This is like the last live performance that we got at Max. So yeah, super interesting. But uh, yeah, so Small Worlds, I would say is uh, definitely different from every song that we've at least heard before it, um, probably after too. Um, it's one of his more, like, more mellow rap songs, right? Um, to me, the melody kind of feels like you're, meant to be kind of floating and like looking down onto onto something else mm. um literally like once you have kind of like reached the top you begin to understand that like things are not as grand as you've seen like as they might have seen from the bottom so um you know it's it's a super interesting concept um as far as like where it's placed in the album as well um so 
my interpretation of the song is definitely uh, that he's kind of ascended from the ladder. Now he's what one might call like heaven or like some sort of like personal nirvana um, where he actually gets to like kind of see like what the meaning of life might actually be. Um, so he one, I think, important lyric um, in this specifically is uh, the no need for shame. I get more peace at slow speeds. Um, going back to like the, uh, the car crash incident, um, I think he understands that like he doesn't need necessarily everything that um, has physically like kind of come with the success he's brought. Um, and that like what truly matters is kind of like the peace that he finds like within himself. So maybe it's not necessarily the fast life. Maybe it's just like the understanding of the world around him and like actually like having that self-awareness um, is kind of like critical in uh, kind of like bring everything full circle. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on the beginning of the uh, of the song before we get into the outro because I think you're gonna have yeah a lot to say oh man outro. I was gonna start with the outro because you really <laughs> I think you had a great point there but oh, man yeah I mean there's a lot of different small ideas I think going on in this song uh, mm-hmm. the first verse it's kind of talking about you always desire something you don't have which is interesting because you know he has fame he, he basically has the life in a lot of people's eyes but but he doesn't have his peace of mind you know. And I think that's kind of an important theme that we've been talking about. Um, the song itself, like we said, is introspective. It's an intimate song. Uh, really cool effect with the muted guitar. Um, let's see. Yeah, and just the second verse too. I mean, a lot of, you know, don't don't want to grow old. So I just smoke just in case. Like, yeah. I don't know, there's some like really woody lines and some like really dark lines, which makes the outro interesting, if you don't mind, if I touch upon that. But you one talked thing, about- One thing just like real quick. Um, yeah, so he it. does like, we talk a lot about like him trying to find like that self peace. Um, I think he's like come to the revelation that he can find peace in whatever environment that he's, he's trying to be in. Um, so he's like, nobody knows you, like when you are who you are or um, you're different from like what you've been, right? But it's kind of hard to complain when like you actually found that five-star hotel, that peace of mind. So um, yeah, it's definitely interesting, but yeah, go ahead, dive in the, dive in the outro. Yeah, no, no, all good. Um, you were talking about, you know, that peace of mind, finding heaven. And to me, uh, each of these songs is kind of progressing in his stages of depression or his like awareness of depression. And there's this optimism at the end of the song, you know, and we've talked about this in other songs. Um, I'm tired. I don't, I don't got a spare second win or lose, win or lose. I don't keep count. Nobody checking. It's kind of interesting here because I think his version of peace or Nirvana or heaven is different than what we kind of see, you know, in light of his, you know, overdose and suicide, we think, Oh, he didn't find peace. Like, you know, his demons got him and, and, you know, is one way to phrase it, but there's almost this acceptance of what's going to happen in this outro. You know, he's talking about how he doesn't have a second to spare because he knows inevitably that, you know, something might happen or is going down. And it's interesting that he finds peace in that because, you know, he is battling through this depression, but there is this acceptance of death. And I think we see that theme a lot throughout the album portrayed by the cigarettes. You know, he's talking about smoking in the previous verse and beginning of the song and also in the music video when he's smoking a cigarette in a coffin when there's no oxygen, you know? Um, and it's almost this peace and acceptance of our mortality, which I think he's really getting not, not the peace of like a long life in his, that's not his idea of a peaceful life, but to him, it's being okay with the life that he's lived. And I think the first part of the song really gets at that too. You know, it's talking about what he's achieved um, you know, what he's been able to do. So that's kind of how I read it. Uh, I'm interested to hear if you kind of interpret it in a different way. No, I think like 
that's kind of like the big idea, right? It's kind of like, um, he'll always kind of like be connected with his past. Um, and I think the question that like the end of this song kind of asks is to what extent and like how, you know, that would really affect him. Um, I think the melody change here is of critical importance, right? Cause he, this is kind of like the climax, right? So he's kind of like reached the top. He's kind of like in some ways found what he's looking for. Um, what he kind of does to maintain that um, is uh, is up to like sort of subjective interpretation. But um, when the melody changes and he opens with nine times out of 10, I get it wrong. That's why I wrote this song. Um, he told himself to hold on, but he can feel his fingers slipping and in an instant he'll be gone. So he does recognize that it only takes like kind of like one misstep. And even though he's at the top, he's still kind of connected to, to who he was and the vices that held him down before. Right. And I think he kind right. of acknowledges the fact that like, it would really only take one slip up to kill him, which ultimately it, it might have. So, um, so it's ultimately kind of a call to like who he was and how he can't like change the past or, or change who he was or take back those uh, regrettable texts. It's, um, you know, is he going to slip from the ladder? I don't know. He doesn't know. So it's like kind of a, I'm not sure, like sort of a, um, a question of the future, I, I guess I would say. Um, but then he also um, gets very introspective in the second half of that, of that outro, um, where he's like, do you want it all? It's all mediocre. Like, so, you know, having it all still doesn't change the fact that like, you know, he's always going to be kind of like, battling with these feelings and he might not always like kind of feel adequate. Um, and he's still always going to kind of question what everything means. So I think in like the, the very last part where he's um, sitting at a wall, looking at the posters um, and he's trying to ask himself like who he wants to be, that's the most introspective part. So like now that he's at the top, it's like, okay, like, where do you, where do you kind of go from here? Like, have you found peace or is peace always something that you have to like persistently work for? Right. And I think that line is so important too, because you know, he's, he's talking about, to me, I thought he was talking about his life almost, you know, he's struggling through this depression. He has all these bad days. And, you know, we see this portrayed in the lyrics of the album and he's kind of asking the audience, if you were me and you lived this life, do you want a long life that's filled with a lot of pain and suffering that's in quote, like mediocre. And then it kind of contrasts to the end of the album where, you know, he's, he doesn't have a second to spare, but he's kind of okay with it. Win or lose, he's not counting. Um, so I, th I thought that kind of also fed into what I was saying before about being at peace with he knows what's coming up and you know you kind of discussed that with one slip up of drug use he knows in his head that that's probably his future and I think that fits perfectly into the next song which is Jet Fuel which is uh, majorly I think about drug use um, if you want to get into that um, yeah are we doing conversations um I didn't have that one on my list, but if you want to talk about it real quick, I'm down. Okay, cool. Yeah. So conversations and jet fuel, um, I guess kind of go together. Um, basically like the, uh, idea of, um, conversations is that he's like having, a, I, what I feel like is, um, kind of a dialogue with, uh, not dialogue, but like, just like talking to like his former self. Right. And he's trying to like understand like how, what he's done in the past kind of got him to where he is. So, I guess he can kind of avoid it. So um, the main idea of this song is that he kind of like tries to evaluate like who's around him and for what reason. Mm -hmm. um, and he's kind of doing whatever he can to avoid it, right? Um, ultimately, like um, 
you know, he can't just like talk about being successful or, or earning money or kind of staying clean. He actually has to like put steps in place to actually do that. Um, so um, a couple of like key lines in that song are, uh, I don't recognize these spaces. And he's like asking who people are and, and who they came with. Um, so he's starting to realize like there are certain parties who are like toxic in his existence, right? And um, to me, he's kind of like trying to evaluate who should be there and, and who shouldn't. Um, he also like kind of contemplates like who was with him when he didn't have anything and who's there now. And it's like, okay, so who's like actually kind of like passionate about like seeing him through to like the end of oblivion, right? Um, he also makes reference that um, everybody around him is famous, wild and dangerous. I don't consider Mac to be an incredibly like dangerous guy, right? But um, having people around him who are dangerous, I guess like what I always question was like, you know, um, dangerous in like what way? Dangerous isn't like bad influences. Are they gonna be the thing that like pulls you down? Are they your connection to, to the past life that you now regret? Um, yeah, a lot of interesting questions there. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. It's definitely like a pump up song. It's like a very like self-realization uh, and motivation song. That's awesome, man. And yeah, that's the theme. I think you see a lot in music because being in the position that he is or a famous musician, I mean, there's no other human experience like it where you're going to a stadium that you've sold out and you're, you know, performing your art and, you know, thousands to millions of people are enjoying it. I mean, mm -hmm. it really is kind of a strange place to be as a human being. And it comes yeah. with that weird kind of predatory people where people want to use you as a product, make money off of you and sell what you're making. So definitely I think a universal kind of theme in the music industry yeah I think um the other thing is that the melody in this song is like very disorienting um and so as he's like trying to question like who's around him and like where he is um it's like very literal like what city am I in like who's around me who's trying to steal from my pocket like that sort of thing so I think he's kind of like disoriented by, by what he's become and it adds like a lot of weight to the end of the album which I think sets it up very well for for where we're going Awesome, man. Do you want to dive right into Jet Fuel then? I think that's a yeah, perfect kind of intro. Yeah, used to wanna be a superhero, flying around with a cape, catching bad guys. Now my head underwater, but I ain't in the shower and I ain't getting baptized. To the good and the bad times, all the cuts, broken bones, and the black eyes. Young motherfucker with a mad mind, made a couple million off of rap lines. Y'all can't tell me nothing no more. Came from the basement under that floor. You don't come close. You don't need to know I'm the goat. You don't need to know how I go, cause you know what you want. All I wanna do is the most. Backflip off the ropes. Got hooked when I'm in the post. You're my girl, too clutch to choke. Mm. And I ain't calling it quits. You can build a wall with your bricks. Well, I keep talking that shit. It's like this. Flipper's still in my cup. Get faded when I wake up. Cause everything is too much. So what? Woke up this moment with a bright idea. Maybe I can exist forever right here. Let it run. Yeah. 
Okay, okay, well, I'ma be here for a while Longer than I did expect to I was out of town Getting lost till I was rescued Now I'm in the clouds Come down when I run out of jet fuel But I never run out of jet fuel Well, I'ma be here for a while Longer than I did expect to I was out of town Getting lost till I was rescued Now I'm in the clouds Come down when I run out of jet fuel I never run out of jet fuel. Hundred twenty on the car that I don't whip. I don't even pull it up the driveway. Throwing up shots like I don't miss. Never put a limit on the high stakes. Try to pull my car till I'm go fish. You ain't gonna find a line in my face. I pick it up and let it go quick. They wanna get pushed much. Yeah, I don't say nothing that I don't know. Jumping out the womb wearing polo. Everybody wanna jump in, but I'm old school. Lone wolf, take them on solo. Yeah. I don't need nobody. I don't need to be nobody. I'm just doing my thing. Kick it at the crib, I don't see nobody, no. So over there with that bullshit. We don't need it on this side. I'm pulling up in that new shit. You always whipping that dick ride. I demand your respect. I won't share my connect. No. Let's get this clear. I am here. I don't care who got next. Young vet. Feeling like they forget. I let it slide. This time, like 25 years, I've been high and no less. Yes, shit, I know, I don't guess. Rather glow, I won't stress. Better say that shit with your chest. Okay, okay, well, I'ma be here for a while. Longer than I did expect to. I was out of town, getting lost till I was rescued. Now I'm in the clouds, come down when I run out of jet fuel. But I never run out of jet fuel. Well, I'ma be here for a while, longer than I did expect to. I was out of town, getting lost till I was rescued. Now I'm in the clouds, come down when I run out of jet fuel. But I never run out of jet fuel.
All right. So, um, yeah, so Jet Fuel is definitely like kind of a, a mellow song, but there are some like chords in the backdrop that um, are a little bit sort of darker in nature, right? Um, for me, I kind of read the song as like um, him kind of like beginning to like falter at the top, right? So the title of Jet Fuel, we might be able to assume that like now he's like above the clouds and he's cruising, um, but he kind of like questions like what everything, <clears throat> what everything kind of like means at the top right um so he's like oh like my head's underwater but it ain't the shower and i ain't getting baptized right. so yeah like yeah his head is is definitely underwater right so like um you know he might not have to swim but his mind is still kind of like weighed down with with the person that he is um and now he, like the only support he has is kind of like what he's made of himself but obviously jet fuel kind of runs out right and so um, right he kind of like mentions at the top, like he'll just be around until he runs out of jet fuel and that he never will. But obviously we know that like, that can't be the case. Like you need to refuel at some point. Um, so if he just keeps running at this level, is he going to crash? I don't know. What's your opinion, dude? Yeah. And I, I read an interesting kind of part on some of these interpretations that um, this album in particular for him was kind of an obsession that he basically slept at the studio, didn't sleep and wanted to work at this album. So to me, it could also kind of relate to the creative genius that it takes to make an album like this, or, it could, you know, the mindset to make an album like this. There's almost kind of a sense of mania to this song where you're flying high, you're writing lyrics. It's like the creative juices, you know, I'm sure he's using, you know, the influence of drugs or alcohol too, which kind of taps into that sense of jet fuel where it's flammable. It burns bright. It, you know, gets you to where you need to be, but then you get that crash. And to me, the outro again, really plays into that where he's talking about falling in deep um head back to their ground you know it's that you know he's putting all this effort into this piece of art you know and it's what that's what's so cool about this album too is a lot of this can be interpreted in different ways is this about the album is it about his lifestyle is it about his depression uh, you know i think that's why he was frustrated at the beginning when people say this is just a breakup album because i think really the fact that you can interpret this in many ways does mean that it, he made something more and that the creativity and the genius of this album really does shine through. Yeah, 100%. Um, so going back to the idea that Matt kind of like grew up in music, right? So, I mean, he was like pretty young when he first released Kids, uh, which is much more like frat rappy album. There's not like a lot of very um, good introspection on things like this. Um, I'm sure obviously he still had a lot of these problems when he started, but it definitely got magnified throughout his life. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, we kind of like ask, you know, is this about his life? Is it about the album? Is it just like a culmination of, of all of it? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a super interesting idea. Um, there is some piece of this song that might make it sound like the entire motivation for him kind of coming out of this dark place is to like make this out and make music, do what makes him successful and what he loves. Um, and hopefully that's going to like give him a sense of purpose. But um we're getting towards the end of the album, right? We're getting kind of like towards the, the death of everything. Um, right. And so it's like, it does beg the question like, okay, after this is over and all the jet fuel burns out, um, what is going to become of him? Right. And especially if he has that obsession with this album, you know, if he's working on this day and night to get it perfect and that's what's keeping his mind off of the depression, it kind of shows you, um, I guess, from a clinical perspective, you know, if someone has uh, this medium, this creative outlet in their life, how important it is to their mental health and their mental kind of sanity. Uh, so exactly. Really good point.
All right, man. Final stretch. Are we going on the last song? So it goes. This is it. So it goes. This is it. Yeah. 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 the world in the palm of your hand you still might drop it and everybody wanna reach inside your pockets i tell them red light stop it shit that give me more headaches than alcoholics there was nothing in my wallet just a lot of dreaming i built a crib on top of the promised land we'll call it even Bring more flavor than all the seasons Winter, spring, summer, fall The grass is always greener till I cut it off Please lead me to my studies I give you no applause My hands been counting money And it's hard to be the boss But somebody gotta do it Think it's so exhausting Often with the bullshit And baby I've been through it Enough for the both of us So come over later And we won't let no one close to us We could be posted up Yeah Okay, well, you can have the world in the palm of your hands, you still might drop it. And everybody wanna reach inside your pocket, so it goes. It's like in every conversation, we the topic. This narcissism more like narcotics, so it goes. Well, everybody gather round. Still stand and sit down. Whoa, oh. And I know I've been now. I know I've been now. But now I'm back in town. Now I'm back in town. Show you the ropes. So go, so go, so go. I'm fine, cause her pussy getting wetter when the weather dry Clementine, peeling off and everyone get left behind I'm only 5'7", except I'm feeling like I'm 7'5", damn it Cross planets, interstellar, never land Not a Jackson pack with action, so what's happening, my man? No relaxing, kicking back, just ain't exactly in the plan I can't get no satisfaction, goddamn They saying I've been gone too long I could just tell them fuck you, but that come on too strong my God, it go on and on Just like a circle, like go back where I'm from Everybody gather round Still stand and sit down
All right, start us off, man. All right, so now that we've kind of like talked about it, I'm interested before I kind of like dive into some of these quotes. Um, what did you get out of the melody of, of this song? Oh man, it's got a really interesting quality because there's almost like kind of this sing-songy, I, I think, feel to it. You know, a lot of the chorus has, you know, these la das in it and it really does have a different kind of sound than the rest of the album. So it does kind of stand out in that distinct uh, light. And I think it's because it is the final song, you know, it's trying to draw attention to it in that sense. And I'm interested in what you think that sense is, you know, what is the final song and what does it kind of, how does it kind of recap the album or end the album on what note, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, this melody kind of sounds like um, he might be like falling. It does kind of create like a sense of tension that he might be like moving downward. Um so I think like the important thing to like, kind of get here is um, this is like the connection back to the beginning, right? So um, obviously to me, Matt kind of like writes and lyricizes things in circles. Um, and so this is literally started from the ground, you know, kind of ascended, was flying, but you know, all things must land, right? And so this is like literally his like falling descent back into who he might've been in the past. Um, I don't think there's a lot in the lyrics. There's some things that might point to like, him relapsing and becoming who he was because you know obviously he's questioned what it's worth to kind of like pick himself up um and i guess like the question is now kind of answered as to whether like anybody can kind of like stay up on top when something inherently kind of pulls him down because obviously there are some connections in um his more essential songs um to what has held him back in the past so um i guess some important lines here um Obviously, the big one is that you can have the world in the palm of your hands and still might drop it. I think that's that's kind of very telling, right? So, yeah, obviously, um, you know, he talks about kind of like understanding um, the world and small worlds, um, understanding himself. Um, he obviously, like at the end of uh, small worlds, um, kind of like alludes to the fact that, like, you know, a lot of times, like, you can genuinely get it wrong, um, maybe not have as much self-awareness and kind of fall back down. Um and so I think this is like kind of that manifestation of like, okay, like um, I kind of made it this far. I'm much more self-aware than I was, um, but ultimately it just kind of like wasn't enough. And despite having everything that I do, um, it kind of resulted in, a, in a, you know, this kind of letdown, this fall. Yeah, and my favorite lyric is, my God, it, it go on and on, just like a circle. I go back where I'm from. And, you know, what is that a reference to? Is it a reference to, like you said, the cyclical nature of his album? Is it the same experiences that he keeps having with, you know, depression and suffering? Is it addiction? Or is it a reference to, you know, death, you know, just going back to where you're from, kind of that being unborn, you know, and death kind of being very similar. So, yeah, man, I think as an ending song, it really kind of, creates this interesting vibe that, you know, it really does kind of tell the story uh, of this album. And I think it's a great finishing song. It really is a good ending, I think, to the album. Yeah, it's a super great finishing song. So um, a couple of things that he like touches on like before the end of the song is um, obviously like returning where he's from. Um, obviously like people who are like there, he says like, um, they just say I've been gone too long. Um, so it's like gone too long from, from where? From the top or, or the bottom? The sense of falling to me kind of makes it sound like he's falling towards the bottom um, and that like he'll just like kind of like become um, kind of what he was and kind of fall back like into his old vices, um, obviously like a circle. Um, he'll go back to where he's from. 
obviously like you kind of like fall into that rut and that's kind of like your level of complacency is um, kind of like, I guess a comfort zone, right? So um, ultimately I feel like it is him kind of like delving down back into uh, his old life. Um, but one thing that I think is worth mentioning, um, obviously like kind of things like in this album, like kind of go in circles, obviously like this is the completion of, uh, of one circle. Um, and I, I obviously, I can't take credit for this, but the album ends on an, what's, I guess, called an unresolved note. I like watched a YouTube mm. video on this. I thought it was super interesting. So it ends on an unresolved note. So I guess in music theory, um, it's supposed to kind of like symbolize that there's like something more like waiting on the end of the song. Um, in his posthumous uh, album, Circles, it opens with the, like the resolution of that mm. chord. That's awesome. It is awesome, dude. It's like a super cool like thing. Uh, I like I would never have been able to notice that, but um, the concept of the two albums, um, as described as family, was that it's supposed to be swimming in circles. Mm. So um, his next album kind of focuses on a uh, some more upbeat topics. It's not as like I feel like well connected as as swimming, but the concept is definitely still there. Um, you know, ultimately, are we all just kind of like swimming in circles or? Um, when we go back to it, where we're from, where is that? Have we actually reached Nirvana? Sort of, uh, sort of what is everything kind of meant to be? Right. Man, thank you, dude. This has been an awesome album. You picked a really good one. I think oh, I, picked a great I, one. I didn't I think we'd have like two hours of content to talk in this album. So thank you for picking it. Thank you for taking the time. Do you have any uh, last remarks about the album or anything in general before I go into plugs real quick? Um, no, I think ultimately um there's like a lot to unpack with this album um there's a lot to a lot of context to understand there's more context in this album than i really feel that i were like more than any other album right so um ultimately like being able to like unpack it um allows i think the listener to kind of understand like what everything um kind of means in detail and uh i think the more you listen to it and the more you kind of understand like the story behind it like the better feel you get from it for sure all right, guys, that concludes this episode of Otoconia. This was their first bonus episode. If you want to hear the music with the commentary, please go to Spotify. It'll be up in a couple of days. If not, check it out on YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe. Check out some of our other shows, such as the art blog, the video gaming playthroughs. Uh, and yeah, we're going to keep making contact content. I hope you guys enjoy. If you have any questions or want to contact us, the email is otoconiaradio at gmail.com. I don't have this vinyl in my collection, so if someone wants to send it, go for it. Connor, we already got one vinyl out of this show, so we're on. Oh, that's awesome. Right this would be a big pickup, so anybody who wants yeah. to send it, go ahead. Send two. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, man, for doing this. I know you, you're busy, and uh, your time is valuable, so I really appreciate this. And It's been great to see you and talk to you, man. It's been too long. Oh, yeah, 100%, bro. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's definitely a thrill. I'm glad to hear your take on it, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope everybody that listens to this podcast kind of like gets something out of it like I did. Thanks, man. It's been a great time. All right, man. Peace.